Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your host today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Yes, and this is part two. So we released part one of Arts and Entertainment last week. So we will finish this topic up today. And our scripture for today is from Colossians 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. All right, so let's do a quick review of the seven mountains of influence. They are media, education, government, economy, religion, family, and of course, arts and entertainment. And then we've already covered the first five that I just mentioned. Again, media, education, government, economy, and religion. And next week, we will discuss the mountain of family. So that's going to be a good one as well. And I want to again reference Johnny Enloe's book, The Seven Mountain Prophecy, as well as Johnny and Elizabeth Enloe's book, Rise, a Reformer's Handbook for the Seven Mountains. The Lord revealed this prophecy to Johnny And it's very relevant to what's going on around our world today. And the Lord directed us to share this information here in our podcast. So if you want to dig in deeper, both of these books have some really good information that will give you revelation on what we're dealing with. And as we mentioned last week, arts and entertainment covers music, art, sports, fashion, movies, TV shows, and any other type of entertainment that you guys can think of. And I think we can all agree that the narrative at the top of this mountain is definitely being controlled by our enemy, which is Satan. Everything we watch, everything we see and hear from all of the different media outlets is pushing a demonic narrative. The propaganda that has become so controversial is everywhere. It's, it's like we can't escape it. It's even in our schools, so our children are even being subject, subjected to it. We can and we will defeat the enemy at the top of this mountain. Praise God. And Revelation seventeen nine says, Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. So that's just a little taste of what you know the seven mountain uh, prophecy talks about. There's much more to these seven mountains than we realize. And Johnny, en- Johnny Enlow goes into great detail on both of his books that I just mentioned. So definitely check those out. And for each one of these mountains, God is raising up an army to defeat the enemy so his children can rule and reign at the top. The enemy will be torn down and replaced with God's righteous ones that have sought after the Lord with their whole hearts. We are definitely living in exciting times. So, Laura, you want to get us started? So, let's just switch gears and let's talk about art. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, there's a phenomenal artist named Akiana Kamarik, and she's an American poet and painter as well. So, she began drawing at the age of four. Four. Wow, four <laughs> years old. Yeah, four. And Kamarik's best-known painting is called Prince of Peace, which she completed at the age of eight. And... You've probably seen her painting of yes. Jesus because it's everywhere. I have. I've yeah. Seen it before. Yeah. It's stunningly beautiful and lifelike. Yes. Okay. The way she paints just draws you right in, and the eyes of her subjects are mesmerizing. You know, she's a world class artist, and her artwork sells between $50,000 and $1 million wow. a piece. Wow. Yeah. She's anointed. Yes. She definitely is. Yeah. You know, she's been visiting heaven since she was three years old, like Kathy. Yeah. But three years old. Right. And she was born, so I, I looked it up. She was born in 1994, so that makes her, at the time of this recording today, she's 39 years old now. Wow. Wait, I think that makes her actually 29 years old, Laura. 
And she's she's done so much before that time. I'm sure. Yeah. Right? You know, she's very devoted. She's an uncompromising Christian who freely confesses that her art depicts heaven. Right. And no one can really argue with her because, I mean, her art is so profound and awe-inspiring that it clearly shows that she's been with Jesus and it has his fingerprints all over her work. Wow. And another confirming fact that her gifting is from God is that she was raised in an atheistic family. And she had never even heard about Jesus before. It was her personal encounters with God that gave her the ability to do what she does. So because of her testimony and experiences, her whole family came to believe and follow Jesus as well as many wow. other people. Yeah. I mean, it's it blows me away. because God testimony. Right. Yeah. It's like God, even in the, like I was listening to a video of hers, and in the, the video, her mom was explaining she couldn't understand why, as a family, they would go and reach out and try to have dinner with other people and families. And it was just like a closed door. Like, nobody right. wanted to spend time with them. So they were pretty much isolated. Yeah. I mean, they're from, I think, Lithuania. Right. And so, but they were here in America, but they just didn't have any friends. And it, they were so isolated. They didn't believe in God. And here's Akiana. God takes her to heaven, to heaven. in her dreams. And she gets exposed to Jesus through her dreams. Wow. I mean, wow. that's just, that's why it was like, it's almost like God did it on purpose to keep them isolated because he wanted it to be proven that nobody had an influence on her except Jesus himself. Wow. Mm. That's so cool how he did that. Wow. And she's, you know, she's considered a genius. Yeah. An artistic genius. Well, she yeah. speaks that way in the interview. Right. Even her mom was blown away because of her vocabulary. When she would talk about the things that Jesus showed her, her vocabulary was up here, yes. you know, rather than a three-year-old. And so, like, her dreams that she had, her mom had to let her daughter just tell her the dreams, and she would write them in a journal, yes. in a diary, and keep track of them so that she could go back and, and see later on what was God showing her because she was such a little kid, you know? So again, that's just the miraculous of God. You know, he can do that. He can take us. Where's she from? Did you ever see Lithuania. Lithuania. I thought that's what I, I think it was Lithuania was in the interview. That's what they had said. It's amazing. Yeah. So awesome. So, I mean, she's like the perfect first fruit example of what will be coming out of the house of the Lord. Yep, and lots of talent. She, I think she speaks like four, lang- four or five oh, languages yeah. too, doesn't she? Yeah, like she told in the video, she talked about her day and her routine. She gets up at 4.30 in the morning. This At the end, time of this interview, she was 10 years old, okay? And in the interview, she said, I get up at 4.30 in the morning, I spend time with God in prayer, and meditation. Right. Then she goes down and she has breakfast. Yeah. And then she goes to her studio and she spend time, you know, spending time with the Lord and, and creating her work and stuff. And then after that, she spends time with her family. No, I'm sorry. She even put exercise in there. Yeah, she, she exercised before. Yeah, after she had breakfast or something. And then she studies and she studies four different languages. And one of them was sign language, like that was another language, you know, that she added in. And then she spends time with her family, and then she spends time reading God's Word at the end of the day. She's very disciplined. At 10. At 10. <laughs> I, at 10, I was running around playing outside with my You're friends. You building forts. Right, <laughs> building forts in my tree. <laughs> so this is just, you know, but that's what, what Johnny's pointing out is, is this is what's coming. Yeah. This is what the yeah. children of 
the future are going to be like. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's why they're going to be the ones that are going to lead the way. Yes. You know, the rest of the world's going to look at him and say, I want that. Right. You know, uh, Laura, can so you say her name again for people that want to interview? It's A K I A N E, but it's Akiana. That's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her, her excellence is definitely impressive, right? right? But it's what she has seen that makes her such her art such a great great treasure. And she said that when she teaches children, like she teaches other children how to draw, right? But actually she's teaching them how to see in the spirit. Wow. She may not even know it, but she's functioning out of a, a powerful prophetic gifting. And so Johnny says that an invasion of Elijah Revolution kids of any age is about to take the world by storm. The art will be excellent, but what they have seen will be what really captures the world's imagination. And that will begin to bring down a measure of heaven to the earth, like right. bringing the things of heaven to the earth. Right. As with all the arts, as we on earth agree with heaven, we release heaven on earth. Right. These are the sounds of heaven to be captured that will cause the world to buckle to its knees and confess there is a God. So let's talk about movies on, on a different subject. Yeah. We've got lots of things to cover. Yes, we do. It's going to be a Did, long one today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you know that movies can have prophetic power to them? Even Jezebel uses them to release her darkness and decadence. So Johnny talks about the movie Brokeback Mountain. Did you guys see that movie? Yes, I did. Yeah. I never saw it. Never, I never knew when I watched it that that's what I was going to be watching. No. Right. I, did, I walked right into it. Did. I didn't so know. it was a surprise was to y'all. Yeah. I thought, I, I, you know, I liked the actors that were in that movie, and, mm-hmm. then, and then boom. Wow. Well, year, you know, years ago, too, you didn't have all this advertising and little clips that you can see. No, you right. didn't have a bunch of previews. I mean, right. you did. But, you know, sometimes you just don't know what you're getting into until you yeah. go watch a movie. Right, yeah. But, yeah, you know, that movie, it, Johnny says it released permission for homosexual behavior across the globe. Right. He also talks about the, the Harry Potter movies, you know, and how it released acceptance of the occult. Right. You know, just as an example, my, my oldest son, when he was in grade school, the teacher began reading the Harry Potter books to the kids, you know, to inspire them to read in class. And when I found out about this, I contacted the teacher and I said, you know, I really don't want my son participating, you know, during the reading of these books. And so she complied with my wishes and, you know, she basically said, you know, my son had to go sit out in the hallway and read an alternative book, you know, during that time. And I I totally understood the concept of, you know, reading the books to inspire the imagination, but not books that inspire children, you know, to pursue fantasy magic and learning incantations and spells. That's not what I wanted my son to be learning. Right. And these stories, you know, that they're the Harry Potter stories are teaching children witchcraft and that it can be good, you know, used for good or bad. But the Bible teaches us not to have anything to do with witchcraft whatsoever. Right. Like, I got a lot of kickback from even from my family, you know, for making this decision. But I knew in my heart, and still to this day, that those stories are being inspired from the wrong camp. Right. It's it's about tolerating it. We can't tolerate it. We can't be like, oh, well, some of it's good. No. Mm -mm. You don't have anything to do with it. No, I just more and more, I see... It's not like you're drawing a line in the sand and and ultimatums and and that kind of stuff. It's drawing a line and saying, this is what's holy and this is what's not. Right. And I have to live a life of holiness to the Lord. And you have to show that to your children. Right. And you set the example. Right. As parents, we have to set the example. And, 
they'll come around to they it. Will. You know, I know that the Lord has shown me just stand true to what I'm telling you to That's do, right. and I'll take care of the rest. That's right. So, you know, the outcome from this situation was that, you know, because I pulled my son out of the out of the class and, and that activity, more and more parents started following my lead. And after a few weeks, there were many children out in the hallway. There was more children in the hallway than were in the classroom. <laughs> and the teacher called me, and she wanted to know my opinion as to why these books were unacceptable. And I told her, I said, you know, we're Christian believers, and that the Bible, you know, says we're not to have anything to do with witchcraft. And she told me she was a Christian as well, but she had no idea that that was in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of Christians that just don't read the Bible, oh, yeah. you know, front to back. Right. It, it takes a long time to read through the Bible, but right. and you got to read it over and over again to really soak it in. Yeah, and 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 a lot of that, you know, some people don't even read the Old Testament; they're only reading the New Testament. I'm like, right. wait, yeah. you're missing a whole lot. Yeah, story. I never read it. Right. Growing up. Right. 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 You know, because there's a lot of you know, like you said, you were raised in the Catholic Church, and it's just not really pushed or emphasized a whole lot. You know, it's just you get your information from the right. priest or from classes, right. you know, that you take or whatever. Right. So you know, it's unless you're you're really like me. I was reading the Bible when I was a little kid. Right. You know, so I mean, you just need to know the word and what it says. So I, I read the scriptures to her, you know, about what it says about not having anything to do with witchcraft. And we had a great conversation about it. And she asked where I went to church, and I told her where I went. And her family started attending the church. And then, so, so fast cool. forward later on, you know, she and her children were all baptized and uh, were regular attenders, you know, to the church. That's amazing. Wow. So, you know, Johnny says that we've only just begun to see some of the godly examples of prophesying, you know, to come out of Hollywood. Like, okay, think about the Passion of the Christ movie. That was awesome. Right. I, I have that one on DVD. You know, it had a huge global impact. And we won't know, you know, its full capacity and its impact until eternity. You know, the importance of that movie was to show the world how severe a price that Jesus paid for our sins Well, then we have The Chosen humanity. now, too. You know, that's not a movie, but it's a series. And that, that so is... So good. It came oh, yeah. Out as they, you know, they started out just very low profile and now right. it has just blown up and right that's what god's doing he's just moving his kingdom forward yeah, yeah. and i love it I've, i started watching it you know recently and it just it's just amazing to see the day-to-day -day life of jesus yeah you're still on season one i know and it gets better it's, and better I know. we're on season well we're actually waiting for season four to come out uh, so but it's really really good every yeah. season gets better and better yes. yeah so and cool. you you know i'm i'm one who I don't like cheesy Christian movies. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> I don't just like don't. cheesy movies anyway, unless it's, you know. I mean, The Passion of the Christ was like the oh, first movie that I saw that I went, wow, wow, wow. blew my socks off. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to watch. Right. Yes, it you is. You know, um, but it's important to watch because you need to see what, what Jesus really went through. And right. I really believe Mel Gibson did an excellent job yeah. of portraying that. He did a great job. Yeah. So, you know, we, we tend to look at the impact of these things in terms of, like, how many people were converted, you know. But there's much more to it than that. The movie, The Passion of the Christ, gave the whole world an image of Jesus on the cross at a higher level of accountability. That's awesome. You know? And I mean, you know, of course, you and I, we all know that, I've said this before, my family, we're big Lord of the Rings fans, yeah. right? And, you know, that trilogy also released a prophetic like kind of an announcement and a warning to the world that, you know, though with it, it really didn't have the impact that the Passion of the Christ did. Right. But it it does have 
some biblical theology, you know, uh, to that movie. Right. And another movie that reached uh, many people were The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, that's my, good. My kids did, they both loved that right. one. And that was actually, The Chronicles of Narnia is what I suggested to the teacher when she had pulled, you know, my son out and they stopped reading the Harry Potter books and they started reading the Chronicles of Narnia instead. Yes. And I was like, there oh, you go. You tell that part. That's There's awesome. something that's fantasy, it's it's exciting, but right. it's also got a biblical message. Right. That that led the way, you yeah. know. And that, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia was the first movie to lay out, you know, Jesus's work on the cross that showed, you know, and it also showed him returning as a lion. Yes. Right? So the Lord is going to raise and, and release a new kind of prophet, one that prophesies through movies and television shows and Broadway productions. These Hollywood prophets will understand the kingdom of God and the mountain from which Jezebel must be dis- displaced. Now let's talk about fashion. Fashion is another prophetic tool, and if we don't engage this part of the mountain, the world will continue to prophesy the devil's version of how we should dress. The industry is definitely under the jurisdiction of Jezebel, wouldn't you agree? Yes. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So yes. it's obvious, you know, by the sexualized styles that are prevalent. You know, some fashion designs are very obvious and carry the Jezebel on them, but other ones manifest a lesser amount. Right. But it's still not great it's still not great yeah and johnny says a high proportion of fashion designers and trendsetters are you know uh, homosexuals and that does have an effect on designs right and jezebel is at the top of this mountain to release two things lust and death yeah and that's her influence whether it's music or movies or fashion she can combine all three and that's even more effective when you can do all that right and Johnny cited a couple of examples of fashion influencing culture. He talked about Kurt Cobain, you know, who was the popular uh, singer in the 90s. And and he became like a prophet for what became known as the grunge culture. I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. You know, the grunge culture screamed, I hate myself. Yes. And both the music and the fashion carried hopelessness and a spirit of suicide. And with this fashion and music combination, there was no remedy for despair, only to identify with it. Yeah. And goth culture, you know, was another goth sub subculture. I would say, is also an example of music combined with this with style. Uh, the dark. Yep. The fashion style promotes death and gloom, and it's it's very widespread. Right. Dark attire and makeup that you know come from the influence of Jezebel are pretty much the most visible marks of that. Right. It prophesies death, depression, hopelessness, and suicide. And some well-meaning believers have embraced the look in order to reach a culture, but. That's an ill-conceived strategy, really. You know, fashion, Mm -hmm. again, we should be leading the way, not them. Right. So fashion has also given us that heroin chic look. You know, you've heard about that. Right. That functions to prophesy Jezebel's message of addiction. Right. So for Christians, honestly, at the time when Johnny wrote this, WWJD was the biggest hit. You know, what would Jesus do? I remember it. You know, those bracelets, right? T-shirts. I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was the biggest... Christian fashion trend that they had. So Johnny says that if you're a believer who loves fashion, ask God if he has put you here for a unique kind of prophetic advancement for God's kingdom. Let God give you creative inspiration to design clothing that glorifies God and brings out the beauty of how he created us. And, you know, so how do we strategically take this mountain and influence the world for Christ's kingdom? Johnny says certain cities need to be targeted institutions, and individuals targeted through prayer. But we must remember to come up with a replacement for what was formerly there. Right. You know, Satan returns seven times stronger if we only knock him off the mountain without replacing him. Right. So, you know, it cannot be emphasized enough 
that all strategies, all of them, must begin in heaven. Heaven, yes. And Jesus did only what he saw the Father doing, right? Right. So our right. brains can come up with logical strategies, but we must have the mind of Christ to access wisdom from heaven. That's so good, Laura. You know, the yes. effective strategies of prayer will come to prophetic people who understand and value hearing a live rhema word from the Lord. Right. The Celebration Mountain is all about God becoming more famous. Current status quo, Christians can't do much on this mountain because they repetitively, repetitively fall into Jezebel and the Hivites' camp, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it will require Elijah revolutionaries to go after this mountain. Right. So prophetic, radical, uncompromising, holy children of the king whose primary interest is in God receiving more glory due to his name. Yes. That's who we need to That's be. Exactly That's exactly right. right. Yeah, you know, when I was a child, things just weren't as out in the open as they are now. Right. Right? Pornography, all the sexual stuff that was kept behind closed doors, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned later on in life that it was still there, just not as blatant as it is now. Right. You know, my favorite cartoon cartoon characters or cartoons were Bugs Bunny and the Roadrunner. Beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Yeah, ba ba Yes. Tom and Jerry, you know. Yep. So when my children were young, cartoons and shows started getting a little riskier. But now, wow, you have to really supervise everything your children oh, yeah. watch because they have even put all the sexual propaganda in the cartoons. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, regular shows on TV have even gone off the deep end. It's, it's everywhere yep. all the time. Mm-hmm. Sports, fashion, art, music, award shows, we've talked about it. It's, it's in our face constantly. Yep. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm just sick of it. Yeah, me too. It's gross. Yeah, I don't want to see all that. It confuses so many people. So many of our children are growing up in this nonsense. And it's so obvious that the enemy is having a great time attacking their identity. Mm -hmm. They don't even know who they are anymore. Right. They don't know the love of God and the fact that he created each person with a unique identity that is in him. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how much God loves them or the wonderful plans that he has for them. Right. It's so disheartening to see how far the enemy has taken us down that rabbit hole. Right. And I mean, that's why a lot of people have just started homeschooling their kids. Right. Because they're so inundated by it at school and everywhere they go. It's garbage. Right. Right. But there's good news. You know, God is about to change all of it. He has heard the prayers of his children crying out for him to deliver us from this evil. And he is coming in a big way to put a stop to it all the things that the enemy is doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that he's working on all of it now, right? Mm-hmm. right? So let's learn about the enemy that sits atop, at the top of the mountain of arts and entertainment. On all seven mountains of influence, there is an ite that controls it. Seven mountains, seven different ites. They are the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And we've discussed five of the seven mountains of influence and the ite that is attached to each one in previous episodes. So let's review them real quick for the mountain of media. The ite is the Hittites. For the mountain of government, the ite is the Girgashites. For the mountain of education, the ite is the Amorites. Mountain of economy, the ite is the Canaanites. Mountain of religion, the ite is the Perizzites. And for this mountain, the mountain of arts and entertainment, the ite is the Hivites. Okay. So it's a lot of ites. Growing up, yes. I kept thinking in the Old Testament, why did they even include all of these tribes and nations and people? Now I know why. Yes. It's there for a reason. Right. Don't skip over those ites. parts in the Old Testament. They are what made There's the a world. lot of meaning there. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of backstory to it. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll probably do episodes on it later on. I feel like the God, the Lord's leading us to that, but... 
Now he brings it up so we can do warfare. We could do warfare. Spiritual warfare. It's about understanding where it all came from, mm-hmm. starting with the creation of, of the earth, Adam mm-hmm. and Eve. All that's happened since then is influencing Noah's right. Ark. Everything that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. All, you know, what's Mark Driscoll's sermon that I talked we've talked about? Right. New days, new old days, demons. New days, old demons. It's we're in new times, but mm-hmm. the old demons are still there because we didn't right. take care of them back then. They're still we didn't at work. take care of these ites. That's why we're still dealing with all of this stuff. Right. 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 All right. So in their book, Rise, a Reformer's Handbook for the Seven Mountains, Johnny and Elizabeth Enlow explained that the nation from Deuteronomy 7 that corresponds to the Mountain of Arts and Entertainments is the Hivites. Their name means villagers, village of tents, and life-giving place, and by extension, speaks of the enemy's strategy to spread across society, compromise, and defilement through the Mountain of Arts and Entertainment. That is hard to say. Art mm-hmm. and entertainment. Right. So these are the enemy villagers who are occupying a life-giving place. They represent counterfeit and perversion. The word counterfeit means made in imitation with intent to deceive. And perversion means a misinterpretation or to lead into a less excellent state. So the first Hivite that we see in scripture is in Genesis 34. Verses 1 and 2 say, Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, I guess that's to say that right, Hamor the, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, and he took her and lay with her and violated her. Our first encounter with the Hivite is rape, mm-hmm. right? So when a daughter of Israel stayed or strayed in order to see the daughters of the land, a Hivite violated her purity. Shechem was then willing to do whatever it took to keep her, even agreeing to be circumcised. That is the counterfeit, an imitation with the intent to deceive. Simeon and Levi, her natural full brothers, avenged her by killing Shechem and all the men of his land. Like Shechem, a Hivite spirit is out to deceive you with a counterfeit and pervert that which is right. The Hivites pervert or misinterpret what is supposed to be a blessing. They take a good thing, sex, and pervert it. They violate standards and have no moral compass. Deception and counterfeiting are the Hivites' game. The Hivites were descendants of Ham which is Noah's son, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the seven nations that the Israelites had to conquer in order to obey God and take their promised land. They represent the demons of compromise that operate on the mountain of arts and entertainment, as well as the strategy to desensitize, that's a tough word, the hearts and minds of society by entertaining us with seemingly harmless things that actually bring death and destruction. Satan's illegal principality that sits on the top of this mountain is Jezebel, and she represents seduction. Her name means unchaste or Baal is husband. Jezebel is clearly associated with Baal. He was the god of the land that was constantly leading Israel astray. It was the principal god of Tyre, a very wealthy city in the Hivite region of Mount Lebanon. And Johnny says we associate Jezebel with seduction and lust, and that fits the profile, right? Mm -hmm. Seduction is a misinterpretation of romance, and lust is a misinterpretation of love. Mm Mm-hmm. Jezebel has been a dominant power over the United States as well as over the church itself. Man, we'd see that Mm -hmm. for sure. And when it teams up with the religious spirit, it is particularly insidious. Jezebel works to sabotage all the pleasures of God. The demonic strategy is to seduce people on the mountain of arts and entertainment into all kinds of compromise to distort what real life-giving creativity and entertainment is. Jezebel seduces uses, and then destroys those she puts in the spotlight. Bacchus, the god of drunkenness, partners with Jezebel in positioning those on this mountain to compromise, 
thus becoming essentially pawns for Jezebel's plan to desensitize the solo society to moral compromise. And Johnny says that it's not the people who work on the mountain that are the pro- or that are problem or the enemy, you know. Even the most compromising among them who frivolously and irresponsibly use their talent are not the problem. They are often partnering with Satan and the demonic realm without even realizing it. The true enemy in this great spiritual war on the mountain of entertainment, specifically over Hollywood, is Satan. He understands more than anyone the amazing glory and grandeur of true creativity and knows God's love for creating. Satan loves to poison this area of culture by deceiving the sons and daughters of God. He will use them to either spew his filth through entertainment or cause them to run and hide from it altogether, leaving this entire area of culture void of the real light and life-giving creativity it desperately needs. But all of that will change in this new kingdom era that we have recently entered into. God is guiding his ecclesia. He is training up the ones that will overcome the enemy so God can be glorified the way that he should. And Johnny says Jezebel will be crushed by the coming tsunami of God's children who will see and know him in his creative goodness and light and then re-image him in all of society. I can't wait for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This army of rising sons and daughters will so connect to the creator that there will be no room left for Jezebel or any desire for her lesser offers. It will become apparent to all that the best music, stories, directing, and creativity of every sort is coming from those who have authentic relationships with God. She will lose her power to entice and addict the ones that are that are filled with God's talent and gifts. That is so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is Jezebel's strategy. To prevent the face of God as creator from being restored to society. To prevent humanity from having access to the truth of how God displays his love for us in his creation and through the glory of his creativity coming through us as his children. And to prevent people from knowing that God wants us to have fun. And that he loves it when we enjoy life. He loves mm-hmm. it when we laugh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Prevent people from experiencing a healed perspective of the goodness of God through the mountain of arts and entertainment, which was ultimately meant to assure us that God enjoys us. Mm-hmm. And the archangel that fights on the mountain of arts and entertainment is Jehudiel. His name means God is glorified or the glory goes to God. Mm. His name reveals his assignment, which is to assist in restoring the image of God in the earth as creator. Jehudiel and his host of angel armies serve the Lord of hosts by helping those who are called to impact the mountain of arts and entertainment. They are focused on the very mission that's hidden in the name Jehudiel, to give all glory back to God, the source of all true creativity. Mm. And we've mentioned this in every episode, so I want to mention it again. Johnny and Elizabeth explain how they discovered what archangel was assigned to each mountain in their book, Rise, a Reformer's Handbook for the Seven Mountains. So again, we highly recommend it because there's some really great information in there. Mm -hmm. And then the color of the rainbow that's connected to the Mountain of Arts and Entertainment is yellow. Mm -hmm. Yellow is typically used to highlight and spotlight something or someone. It reminds us of the sun and having our day in the sun. Sunday, fun day, right? Isaiah 60 tells us, <laughs> right? That is really good, though. Yeah. Oh, it's the spotlights on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Yep. So Isaiah 60 tells us the glory of God is to be seen on us as an antidote to darkness. He wants his creative kids carrying his light and glory into this area of culture. The big lie about God on the mountain of arts and entertainment is God doesn't want us to have fun. Mm-hmm. I can laugh at that now because of what I personally know about God myself. I've been to heaven multiple times, 
And the God that I used to think I know or knew is not the God that I know now, right? Right. He's so much fun. He has an amazing sense of humor. He teases me, laughs with me, cries with me, jokes around with me. We have so much fun together. He loves spending time with each one of his children. He loves joy. He loves to laugh. I love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And every time we're exposed to the mountain of arts and, and entertainment, the enemy wants us to think, the way I entertain myself is irrelevant to God because he's uninterested and too serious to have fun or care about my happiness. And Johnny says, this lie is built on another lie, Mm -hmm. that God himself isn't fun because he's so holy and serious. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And that lie is built on yet another lie, that God can't have fun because he's so busy policing all of our sins. Mm. We wrongly believe, believe that if he can't enjoy us, then we have no right ourselves to enjoy things. Such a tainted view. Right, mm-hmm. right. But that's what the enemy does. Right. He taints our view. Mm-hmm. God has clearly wired us for happiness. And when we feel happy, certain chemicals and hormones are released in our bodies that are vital for mental and physical health. And when we don't have them, we are depressed. And when our bodies begin to make adrenaline until they can't anymore, causing illnesses and extreme fatigue. Right. How this lie about God plays out in culture is when we incorrectly perceive that God doesn't want us to have fun and couldn't care less if we experience happiness in life, then we sing, write, create, and jest about things that further our belief that he either doesn't exist or doesn't care about us. Mm -hmm. Hearts that don't know their God cares about them do what any child does when he doesn't feel loved. They rebel. Mm -hmm. They either try to get attention through destructive behavior, subconsciously daring their parents to intervene, or they simply disconnect their heart from their relationship. Right? Right. And so the big truth about God on this mountain is God wants us to enjoy life. Right? Right. God as creator wants us to find pleasure in every aspect of life. When what we celebrate through art and entertainment is founded in the truth of who God is and how involved he is in our lives, then this area of culture will create freedom in the hearts of the ones being entertained. Freedom, not addictions, or bondage to perversions that leave us forever unsatisfied. Whatever someone is in bondage to produces the same result. Art and entertainment that is absent of light. Nothing thrives the way it was meant to apart from light. God loves to celebrate, and he loves to watch his children celebrate. He wants us to have fun. That's the kind of God we serve, right? That's right. That's right. To partner with God as creator on the mountain of arts and entertainment, we must intimately know God as creator ourselves. We must learn to co-labor with God the creator to experience true freedom. The ones that are assigned to this mountain will pursue God with all their heart. Their chief concern will be God's fame and the privilege of doing their part to love and uplift society by displaying his love and glory. If you feel you are called to this mountain, we encourage you to pray and seek God. Ask him to guide you and direct you in your assignment. Your ultimate mission is to model the greater creativity that comes only from God and prophesy his heart for humanity through it. Go and let God's light shine so brightly through you that it changes and directs their heart towards God, right? Mm -hmm. And Johnny says, reformers who have the privilege of affecting the masses through creativity will steward well over their influence, using it to promote directly or indirectly the true heart of God for the world. They will use the truth they have discovered about God's goodness and power to overcome every lie and teach the next generation how to live authentic lives with God in the center of relationships in a real and non-religious way. Our God has so much in store for us. He has been holding back so many things for this new era that we've entered into. Seek him and ask what he has for you. It might surprise you, but Mm. no matter what it is, it will be good. Right. 
Man, that was a long one, guys. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, but we had a lot we had to cover. So it's time to close. And next week, we'll be discussing the Mountain of Family. And that will be the <clears throat> final mountain of the Seven Mountains of Influence. Mm-hmm. And we just want to close with this scripture from Psalm 1611. Instead, you direct me on the path that leads to a beautiful life. As I walk with you, the pleasures are never-ending, and I know true joy and contentment. Right, and today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. We appreciate all that you do for us, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. We want to reference again Johnny and Lowe's book, The Seven Mountain Prophecy, and Johnny and Elizabeth and Lowe's book, Rise, A Reformer's Handbook for the Seven Mountains. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. We just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3 at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. All right, until next time. Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.